We're continuing on with the Sherwood Sessions. Our friend Michael, these are stories told about him so that he's never forgotten and we can share some of the joy he brought us. Who do I have with me today? Kyle Simpson. Tim Creed here. Lenore. Ange. And over on the dialy thingies. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right. Who wants to uh, start off with a tale or two? I mean, I won't be shy. I, it was, uh, I'll just tell you kind of how I met Mike. Um, I just moved to Bayview from downtown, um, originally from Michigan, and then moved to downtown Milwaukee. Lived down there for two years and then moved to uh, Bayview, and it was the <clears throat> beginning of the NHL playoffs. And I have this thing where I always get chicken wings and um, go home and yell at the TV while watching the, the Red Wings game. And so I did a quick search and found Garibaldi was best wings in Bayview. <clears throat> so I go there to pick up these wings and uh, I walk in and the place is a madhouse. I have had no idea that it was wing Wednesday or whatever, um, whatever their wing night was. And I walk in and there's this dude just running behind the bar and there's one seat at the bar and I just sat down. Uh, the game happened to be on TV, and I just kind of let him go running back and forth. And then he's like, what can I get you, man? I was like, I'll take a high life and two shots of Maker's Mark if you want one. And he's like, oh, I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. So he gives me a high life. And I was like, I'm so sorry, but can I order 24 wings? And he's like, it's going to be a while. And I was like, all right, man, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I go, take your time. I can see how busy it is. It's totally fine. So he got me the wings. It was probably like second period by the time they came out. And uh and so I was like, thanks, man. I took a shot with them and then left. And then uh, I think it was the next day or something. I was probably, I think it was at the Newport. He walked in and sat down and I introduced myself and I was like, hey, man, I just wanted to say thanks so much. He's like, yeah, yeah, you want to watch Red Wings game. And, uh, and then we sat there for probably two, three hours, started talking about ice fishing and, uh, you know, just kind of introducing ourselves to each other. And it was, it was just kind of a really cool experience to, uh, to just run into this guy completely randomly and then see him the next day and sat down and, you know, that was 15 years ago. So a wonderful relationship came out of it. So it was, uh, kind of a real fun, just like, I'm so sorry, but can I do this? And he's like, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> so, it, was, it was a good one. And that never really changed, though. Every time you went to order wings for Mike. Oh, yeah. It was like, Mike, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for what I'm about to do. I'd always love ordering wings in front of Mike when we go out places, too, because he'd just get so disgusted. He hated wings. <laughs> hated wings. Peasant. Sorry. Like, do you want some? He's like, I don't sorry. eat peasant food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was like Zach Braff, mm -hmm. hot wings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, I think you're up. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many Sherwood stories. A lot of uh, a lot of them are actually shared. Kyle and I spent a lot of time with Mike golfing, um, <laughs> drinking, mostly golfing and drinking. Yeah. Um, these guys went ice fishing a lot and. Invited me plenty of times, but um, I never took him up on it, which I which I kind of regret because I think that would have been a good time. But um, I guess, yeah, there's a ton of stories. I mean, I'm thinking about the way I met Mike and, uh, you know, I was bartending at the Newport. I was probably 27, 20, 27, 28 years old. And I was kind of a fresh fish in, in Bayview and and Mike would uh, pull up in his cool ass work van his like bright yellow work van <laughs> had like a lift on it i think the banana yeah he had the clutch sticker nope. um yeah and he, and that's kind of how i got to know him he would just come in and you know after work and hang out and shoot the shit and 
you know, I had a little bit of word, woodworking, uh, you know, history. I actually have a degree in, in um, technology education, which is basically, you know, a woodshop teacher. <laughs> but I didn't have a lot of real world experience um, working with wood. So, you know, I was really intrigued and Mike and I became really good friends. This is actually around when he was he was building out um, Sugar Maple at Cactus Club. I don't remember which order that was, but... Um, you know, so he was kind of telling me about these projects and, and, uh, and kind of saying like, Hey dude, you know, if you're free, like you can come work with me and I'll teach you some things. And, um, you know, I just thought Mike was like the coolest dude in Bayview and, and he was, he um, was. <laughs> so over the years, you know, Mike and I actually, we did a, a ton of work together. Um, he kind of became a, you know, woodworking, um, mentor of sorts. Like it wasn't just woodworking, but you know, we did kitchen remodels, bathroom remodels. Um, we did a ton of work together over the years. He helped me build stuff at the bar. Like every table at, at Newport is, is hand built by Mike and myself and, and my younger brother, Brennan helped as well. So, um, you know, that's not really a, like a, a funny, I've got plenty of funny Mike Sherwood <laughs> stories, but that's just, you know, thinking back, reminiscing about how I met him and, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just a great friend. So, um, did you uh, work on the sugar maple? No, no. I, mean, I was. Uh, that's so impressive. That uh, yeah, bar top. That thing's beautiful. It's really cool. Yeah, and it might kind of talk me through how we built that. I mean, every curve in that bar is a is a is a ply of wood that he bent and yeah. and glued, and I mean, endless hours. Like so cool. Okay, well, Nora, you want to? Uh Add to this? I can I can give it a go. So um, I actually met Mike when I was in kindergarten. He was a, <laughs> <laughs> he was a he was a year ahead of me. Uh, we went to school together for well seven years. Kindergarten for me through seventh grade, and there was like three mics in that class, and he was always the the best looking one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that now. I had a crush. Eyes. I had a crush. Yeah, I had, and he had really good hair when he was younger. He I mean, he still does. Yeah. Still did. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but definitely, like about fifth grade, I was like, oh, full on, full on Sherwood crush. But um, <laughs> I, I didn't see him again for a long time until I walked into G's once and he's like holy shit is that Lenore Bergstrom and I'm like well formerly yeah and he's like you look exactly the same I'm like that's that's a lie I haven't seen you since the ninth grade and he's like no but I you know and he was all happy and like I saw him pretty continuously going forward then but um my story is like kind of a non-story unless you know Sherwood because as other people are gonna say and have said like he just loved to fuck with you and if he fucked with you once he was gonna continue to at least with me, he was going to fuck with me about the same thing forever. So Tim Creed was here for this. Uh, we were at the White House once in Bayview before it was a fine dining establishment. <laughs> I'm going to preface this by saying it does not take a lot to make me cry. I cry when I'm like happy, <laughs> sad, frustrated, embarrassed, um, everything. I was worried. I yeah, was it's fine. It was fine. Yeah. So, so Mike, Mike like was like making the rounds and he had some fucking cake. I don't, he had like this big, huge piece of like, I feel like it was like a wedding cake or a birthday cake or something. It was a fancy cake. And he's like, Lenore, just, I feel like, and he's like <laughs> looking at this cake and he's like, can you just like smell this cake for me? And I was like, what? And he's like, I just smell it. And so like, I'm nice and I'm <laughs> I'm also stupid, apparently. So I lean in and I smell the fucking cake, and he he tipped it on me like as one would do if you're. Gonna, yeah, he you shoved the cake in her face. He sure did, and, and I was like, I tried to react normally, and then I like started crying. He's like, I, and then he was like, "Are you crying about this?" And I was like, "No, it's fine." I'm so, so so I moved on. I wasn't like sad. I wasn't upset. So I like moved on, but 
I don't think ever, not one time that I saw him after that was like, hey, Lenora, want to smell some cake? Or hey, ask Lenora what happens when you smell cake. And like, if he didn't say that to me, I was like, are you okay? Do you have any cake? Like, why aren't you asking me about cake? So again, it's like a non-story unless you know Sherwood or knew Sherwood. And then you know that he was going to never let that down and yeah. ever. So he roasted me about it until, until the last time I saw him. So, don't smell cake. That's the lesson. <laughs> All right. Miss Willer, are you engaged yet? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> you have a tale for us? I do. I do. I it was, I, I like everybody. I feel like I had a bunch of really great stories and it was like that, you know, inner struggle of which one do you tell? But um, I ran it past a couple of people and, you know, like got it narrowed down. Um, a couple of years ago, actually it would be a few years ago since the last two years, there hasn't been a lot going on, but about three years ago, um, I actually brought uh, my boyfriend and a good buddy of his to to Bayview. It was going to be a, you know, a day drink, drinking extravaganza and we pull up to the Newport and I see Sherwood's car and right away I'm like, oh yeah, today is going to be a great day. And I'm, they don't know him at all. So I'm like, oh my God, he is so nice. Really funny guy. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And we walk in the door and mind you, I'm, I'm going to tell this like as if in slow motion of like, there are a bunch of like seriously 21 year old guys. I mean, and they are just shots. They want to be the drunkest guy during the day and they want to be this most hungover tomorrow. So, I mean, you know, the scene is set. It's like, oh God, this isn't going to be good. And right away they're yelling at Mike and they're just yelling shots, shots. I mean, and he turns around, like he pivots and gives this big, deep no. Like he's training a dog. Like I, I thought what was going to follow was like, sit, Ubu, sit. <laughs> you know? And I mean, of course, my friends are like, didn't you just say this guy's like, also he's so nice. I mean, he's firmly told these guys to like take a seat. Um, but we walk over, we sit down, he walks over and he says, hey, and, and these guys are still yelling, shots, shots, fine, we'll shake for one. And he had turned around and he said, we don't have, we don't have bar dice in this bar. And he turns and looks at me, he says, hey, and you want to shake some dice for a shot? <laughs> and he turns over his shoulder and like looks at these guys. I mean, you could tell he was just taunting. And of course he put, you know, the, the, the shaking glass away and it was just, I'll, I'll just buy you the shot. But it was, you could tell he was kind of taunting and he did, he, he did a great job managing these guys um, all day long. And, and my friends thought he was a blast, but it was just more funny of like walking in the door to be like, he's a nice guy. And, oh my God, he's, he's going to have so much fun. He's going to be funny. And started out in a typical Mike fashion. That's awesome. Sounds about right. That yeah. is 100%. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Can I add another uh, quick? Oh, Newport I want well, no, no. I I put this group together because I would like stories upon stories. Okay, in this. we're not oh. limited to. Oh one. God, right. no. Okay, because you just reminded me. Because and I posted about this on Facebook like a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago. But hmm. um, do you guys remember Sherwood's car alarm? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that Subaru, the yeah. white Subaru. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one, no one could forget that. <laughs> so, yeah, Mike had this this uh, Subaru Forester that had some sort of issue with, you know, with the alarm system. So this alarm would go off all the time. Like <laughs> any, any other person's key fob would set this car alarm off. So Mike would, would park his car like three quarters of the way down the block and then walk to work. And I, you know, I found out about this cause I'm like, Mike, why the hell are you parking a block away? There's a parking spot right out front. And he's like, You'll see. <laughs> so sure enough, this thing goes off like 10 times a shift. Um, and this was, this was 
shortly after his his uh, tenure at Garibaldi's. Mm-hmm. And this is my favorite part. He told me when he worked Garibaldi's, he would park in front of Tony Zielinski's house, <laughs> <laughs> which is like a block and a half away. Hell yeah. And this, fucker, this thing would go off all day. So, yeah. <laughs> Bravo, Mike. He uh, Bravo, lived around dude. the corner from us, and we had a Subaru as well, so continually. <laughs> that Subaru, man. That was... I, that. Okay, so... This is one of my favorite stories with Mike, but that Subaru, I was, <clears throat> we were going up ice fishing by his parents' house um, in Conover. And uh, that was the day the Subaru died finally. Like he, so Tim needed to borrow my truck. I was driving Jaina, uh, the Subaru, around. And uh, so Mike's like, hey, we're going to go up. We're going to ice fish for three days. I said, yes, let's do it. I'm leaving at 6 a.m. I want to ice fish as soon as I get up there. The whole idea was to get up there at like noon and start ice fishing. And uh, he's like, all right, I'll be right behind you. I got Dozer with me. Everything's fine. And he, the Subaru starts like smoking apparently and uh, catches fire. And he's, This is my car. This is the first I've heard about this. No, this is this is oh, his car. Subaru. Okay. So he gets it as far as like Fond du Lac and then he's stuck. Like the, the engine just blew up, right? So I'm already in Conover at this point. So I'm ice fishing by myself, but then it was negative degrees. So I would like go fishing for a couple hours and then I would go to a bar and then he, I, you know, cell phone service was spotty. So I'd be, Oh, I'm still in final act. I'm like, you're still four hours away. (laughs) All right. So I go out ice fishing again and then I go to another bar and then, uh, he's like, yeah, man, the, the, my car's done. Um, can you like, I'll be up there. And so I finally meet him at like 10 o'clock at night at a bar right around the corner from his parents' house. I am hammered drunk <laughs> just because it's been a whole day. So he goes, all right, um, let's go to Vinci's. They still, they're still open. So Vinci's Pizza down at, at the Bubbler, they have their sister shop up in Conover. Um, so we go there. They're still open. We get pizza. And I'm like, Mike, you have to drive. I cannot drive. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. So he goes, let me show you where we're ice fishing tomorrow. And I say... Yes, please. I want to see this. So he pulls down and he goes right down by the water and he's like, yeah, we're going to go right out there. That's the spot. We'll just hammer the perch and everything. I said, all right. So he goes to turn around and he just like, just kind of the, the vehicle just slid. And <laughs> so now it's negative degree weather. He's wearing jeans and like a sweatshirt. I have my ice fishing suit on still. And so he's like, oh, no, we're fine. We just got to dig it out. Well, the the whole vehicle was sideways, right? (laughs) So it's just kind of in this, like, anyway. And I I get out. I'm digging. He's digging. Then we get back in, and I'm like, we're not getting out of this tonight. And again, it's 10 o'clock at night. What are we supposed to do? We're in the middle of Wisconsin. Nobody's around. There's nobody driving on the main road. So I go, dude, let's just go to sleep in the vehicle. And we'll figure it out tomorrow. So I take off the the top part of my ice fishing thing. I give it to him. He's covered up in it. You know, I got my bibs on still. What else did you take off, Kyle? That was was literally it, dude. It was so cold. It was negative 10. So I 
look like, over, Mike finally fell asleep, but he's just kind of like like a sleeping little angel with the with my jacket on. And then he's like, oh, man, he wakes up out of nowhere, scares the hell out of me. He's like, it's cold. And he turns on the vehicle. And while well, the tailpipe was stuck in the snow, so it was on for about 10 minutes. And I was like, I'm getting way sleepy, dude. Like, I go, we got to shut this thing off. And he goes, all right, yeah, you're, uh, me too. So he shuts it off. We slept for maybe two hours that evening. And then the sun started coming up and I was like, dude, we got to figure this out. And he goes, well, you want to walk to the street? I go, dude, I don't even know where I'm at right now. And he goes, all right, I'll go out to the street. So he walks out the street. I'm like, put all my stuff back on, keep trying to dig it out. And just, I mean, in Mike Sherwood fashion, just waves down some dude that had a, a chain in the back of his truck and was able to pull us out. We get back to his parents' house and I'm sleep deprived. And his mom made his breakfast. And I went to like, this goes back to the uh, <clears throat> the sugar maple bar top. He did a very similar bar top at his parents' house. And I think I dropped like a fork or something on it. And he was like, hey, you know how long it took me to make that thing? And I was like, <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> so we lost an entire day of fishing because we were so tired. We just slept. And then we got up the next morning and got out there fishing. And uh, we <laughs> he just he goes, is that Jim Beam in the back of the truck? And I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, might as well. And I go, dude, it is 6.30 in the morning. And he goes, got to start. And I go, all right, fine. So we were both doing shots of Jim Beam at 6.30 in the morning. Went out, had a good day ice fishing and everything. But it was just, that was one of the funniest. Yeah, young Mike there. Yeah, buddy. Beautiful. That was, awesome. that was, just, that was so funny. He's just like wrapped up. Yeah, Kyle got some great, like, high school photos of Mike from the cabin that mm-hmm. weekend. Which he, that's a half a picture. But. I was just walking around taking pictures of him <laughs> at his parents at his parents' house the entire weekend. Sure, what he was doing with the hair back then. I, I know, but how did it come back so strong? It really did. And he used right? to have like yeah. the sideways skater yeah, cut where yeah. like he shaved it on the side. That was the stage. He was, uh, <laughs> yeah, and his hair always looked. It looked better really as he got as he got yeah. gray too. It looked way better. Oh my god! Yeah, that's college. Damn. Polly Heil sent those. Those are good. Oh yeah, him with those thick glasses were were really great. Yeah, with a whole look. <laughs> Did he uh, ever tell you about uh, when his apartment got run into by a oh. car? You know Not that sure. that Sherwood tale. I only know uh, this apartment over here. Yeah, no, no, yeah. someone ran a <laughs> ran red and drove into his uh, apartment. Like physical apartment. Physical. Dave probably knows that story. <laughs> what was that? <it? laughs> when uh, <laughs> when Sherwood's apartment got run into. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it was a drunk lady that uh, smashed through the corner of his uh, apartment. <laughs> and uh, what was it? Well, he, oh, he didn't want to. Leave, he didn't want to let the police in. Yeah, so because <laughs> he was freaking this. out, he had something in there. So, yeah. yeah, he had some stuff in there. I had worked with him. It was wing night at Cheese, and he calls me in a panic and says, "You've you, you got to come back here. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got to cover my shift." I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "A car ran into my house," and I'm like, "Okay, is uh-huh. there something in there?" He's like. I'm going to disappoint a bunch of people in Bayview <laughs> if I don't get to the house very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. 
So apparently it left a half pound of marijuana on the uh, coffee table, which the car was touching. So, yeah, I covered for him for an hour where he got in there before he let the cops in. That's That's an amazing story. I'm going to hand this over to uh, my dear friend Dave Costello. He's going to take my seat, and uh, I'm going to let him uh, throw a tail at you guys. All right? Love it. Let's go. So my name is Dave Costello. I have no mic. Man, you think about it a long time. Um, we actually had first Holy Communion together whenever that would have been. Maybe we were eight, six years old. It was a long time ago. Um, and I've known him ever since. We've been buddies ever since. Uh, uh, his uncle Bill hung out with my brothers in high school, so that's how we had our natural connection. So we hung out all through high school. Mike, check. Oh, closer to Mike. Okay. And, uh, you know, Mike was just a great guy. We had we had tons and tons of stories um, going way back. You know, you think about it, all this stuff now. And uh, some of the stuff we did was just priceless. Um, partying together. Um, going to Vegas, my brother's bachelor party. He had a full-on velier suit that he wore. On the, he wore on the strip, and he was he was pimping it out. He was he was taking it all in. We had so much fun. Uh, we met some uh, crazy women there that uh, we got in their car for some reason. No, we got in a cab, and the cab ride, the guy was going ninety miles an hour down the street in the highways I don't even know where we were we were coming from downtown to wherever we were going and then uh, it was just a great night um, probably Hooters yeah something like that um, family establishment yeah and then, you know Mike was just such a good friend uh, <clears throat> been a lot of tears since he's uh, he's passed Everyone knows he is a great guy, you know. No one that met him ever says anything ill about him. Um, man, thinking back to the golfing days and the fantasy football days, and you know, doing our drafts on mushrooms and <laughs> you know, all kinds of crazy stuff we would do. It, it, it was it was crazy. Um, you know, going up ice fishing with him. I had a place up in Krivitz, and we would go up there and we would party all night and we would go out fishing. Um, just would have great times. Um, man, some of the lasting memories. Uh, he was the best man in, in my wedding. Um, and I thank him very much for that. He was so happy for us. Um, I just got to think of a couple more stories here. I'll, you guys can go ahead. Kyle, you want to tell that uh, golf cart story? <laughs> that one was priceless, man. So what was it? It was the Newport outing the two years ago. Two years ago. So lockdown, like it was just the outing. Or was it? It was pre. It was pre. Yeah. It pre was, pandemic. So um, <laughs> we get to the we get to the starting <clears throat> starter comes out and, you know, you always get scolded before a golf outing. You know, the, the starter comes out and he's like, all right, I want everybody to be, you know, right there. You know, we also we also marked off some areas that uh, don't drive carts through. Yeah. And so we were just like, 
Okay, yeah, it's yellow tape, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, this was this was uh, our first outing at South Hills. South which, Hills, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you golf and you've been there, you you probably just golf that one time and you didn't go back. Yeah, because it's a you know it's like a it's a it's a party course. It's not a it great is. it is a lot of the, golf course. a lot of the holes back up. So there's a keg on you know between two holes and and they got busted for strippers. Come on and yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's right. right. That was the place. That was because like you said, I never wanted to go back. Yeah, I forgot the clubs. I was so drunk and like yeah. keep them. Yeah, <laughs> so that the, kind of course. The guy finally gives us the okay to go and uh, <laughs> and so I think it was me. It was me. You. Sherwood was on the next hole next to us. And uh, again, everybody teed off. So we are uh, exactly four minutes into this golf outing. So just to interrupt real quick, the, the, the starter had a microphone said, everybody stay on the car paths. Don't stray from the card paths. And then he handed me the microphone and said, say what you need to say. It's your outing. And I said, Hey, stay on the, stay on the card paths. <laughs> Cause it seems like this guy really wants you to stay on the card paths. Then we start golfing. Four minutes in, Mike is stuck in the mud off the cart the cart path, and he's just by himself, just <laughs> yeah, just flooring. It. And he's looking at us, and we're like, "Dude, he just said four minutes ago, stay off." The <laughs> <laughs> and he's just trying to give it. So I think Powers came over to try and help him, and Mike yep. hit the gas and just sprayed Powers. He got with mud, mud all over his cahiki. Just one side of his body. So the rest of the day, he just had mud off of one side of his body. Mike's like, "Thanks," and just drove off. And it was. <laughs> That's great. It's like, didn't he just tell us that, Mike? And he's like, oh, no, I hit my ball over there. Well, yeah, walk. Yeah, Mike on the golf course, he would always do something crazy. I remember me and him were on an outing, and he was driving, and we're going. And he said, Dave, hold on. I said, what? And he just turned a a quick right or left, whatever it was, and I went flying out of the golf course (laughs) or out of the golf cart. Um, just, just laughed about it. Um, I remember one time we were on another outing and what was it up at the bog? Yeah, I was at the bog and it started raining and raining and raining and the horns are flying or blaring. So we were heading in and we come across the jello shot hole and it's abandoned. No one's there except the cooler, me, Mike, and a couple guys. And we did every shot. (laughs) And then we get back to the dinner and it was ugly after that. You remember the little transistor radio? Every time, every time you'd golf with Mike, he'd pull out this little radio from like 1977. (laughs) He'd dial it in to WMSE and then you would just listen to whatever's on. I remember the one time we went out golfing, me and Tim, with Mike and... I was telling you the story when we were ice fishing a few weeks ago and uh, Mike, obviously huge punk rock fan, you know, um, but so the one, <laughs> I think it was just the three of us, maybe Powers was there, but we would just come up with the worst punk rock names and just piss Mike off. We're like, oh yeah. man, are the bloody scabs? Is this the bloody scabs? And he's yeah. like, no man, it's the dead milkman. Sure. Yeah, and then you'd sit there and with the, with the new technology, you could play anything you wanted. Yeah, but he still his, wanted that. like... And then they got to play, Mike, this isn't music. This is, you know, this is noise. He just wanted that little transistor radio. But yeah, we came up with some good names and he was like, no, man, it's, this is the, I don't know, Black Queefs or whatever. He's just, you know, he just gets so mad at us. 
Hilarious. And the fishing pole. You probably know more about the fishing pole. He kept a fishing pole in his. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Pole in the bag. Yeah. The pond on the course. Yeah. He was convinced that there was record setting bass in every golf course. And so if he got backed up, he'd just <laughs> throw a couple casts. Mike, Mike never had time to, <laughs> to pleasure fish when he was golfing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think every course I've ever played with him, he would go, yeah, man, there's some huge bass in there. And I was like, did you catch one? He goes, no. Okay. <laughs> we'll go with, we'll go with there in there. <laughs> that guy. He, uh, I put on a ice fishing tournament. Had been 10, 10 years ago now. It was called the uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire Tournament because it was at uh, uh, Wind Lake. And Mike, I think me and Mike were the only two people that were there. We got a bus. There was like 12 of us going. And I think me and Mike were the only ones that actually have ice fished before. So we like set all the tip ups up and, you know, everybody, we had golf clubs out there. So we're, you know, we set up this little hole with the ice auger closest to the pin type thing. Anyway, we were out there all day drinking, having a great time. I go, all right, Mike, I'm going to get all these people together. Can you do me a favor and reel in all the tip-ups? And nobody had caught a fish all day. Like, we had fished for 10 hours. There wasn't a single fish caught. And all of a sudden, I look over, and Mike's just standing there with this, like, 12-inch pike on a tip-up. And he's like... Damn it. And I go, oh, you won, man. And so I, I, <laughs> you won. <laughs> I like, oh, what am I even supposed to do? I go, just throw it back in the hole, whatever. But he, uh, so I had this trophy and it was a lady like feeding geese, which is, you know, kind of a funny thing. Like if you're jerking <laughs> off, you're feeding geese, you know? <laughs> so I, I presented him like this whole thing at the bar That's a new with, one. This, with this, with this trophy. And I was like, here you go, buddy. And he's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, when he was when he was moving out of his apartment, that was one thing that was in there that I was cracking up about. He's like, "I don't want this. What am I going to do with it?" And I go, "Mike, I worked really hard. I glued that lady <laughs> onto that piece of wood and then wrote Earth, Wind, and Fire Tournament." He goes, "I don't want it." I go, "Fine, I'll take it back." One, <laughs> uh, and I'm sorry if I'm talking too much, but it just it, there was some funny things. So when I was opening my bar, Mike came up and actually lived with me in Belgium for like a week, 10 days or something like that. And, uh, I'll never forget this because every day I go into my bar, I look at this one spot and it just makes me crack up. So I, I, I was in the kitchen and I'm scrubbing away and I'm, I'm scrubbing like grease off the, uh, the fryers and stuff like that. And I was in there for, I don't know, probably two hours. Right. And I walk out and Mike's just standing there with a piece of cardboard in his hand that's spray painted gold cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And he goes, huh? What do you think? And he points to the ex fire extinguisher box. He spent two hours painting this fire extinguisher box. <laughs> just goes, huh? And I, That's what you've been doing for two hours? And he goes, yeah, but it looks good, right? <laughs> I couldn't even be mad. I go, we're taking a break. Let's drink some beers. And I mean, there would be... There would be uh, a garbage bin full of, like, scraps and shit like that. And then the other garbage bin was just full of White Claws, High Life, and Maker's Mark bottles. Yeah. And that's what we did to build, you know, coyotes, which was I thought was hilarious. Because we're, like, emptying the, the bottles and cans way more than we're emptying, like, the pieces of wood and all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'll just never forget it. Just grit hanging out of his mouth going, 
Huh? Huh? <laughs> you painted gold. It took you two hours? He goes, yeah. All right, bud. Thank you. <laughs> you built it. That's beautiful. Oh, that's so cool. Dave, that's my Mike was a stickler to detail. He was probably, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he's, yeah, he was a whole up. lot of that. Yeah. That was a, that was why the last thing I did was the ceiling tiles because I was like, we're gonna be smoking a fair amount of anything yeah. around here. So, Dave, your your velour tracksuit reminded me of actually winning Kirsten's wedding. You know, like I. <laughs> I was the lucky yes. one who got to, I don't, I don't know what it's called, but I got to walk down the aisle with sure. him like before, you know, they get married. And of course, when he, he walks in and he looked like a million bucks. I mean, he comes in, he's clean shaved and has his hair done, he has mm-hmm. his suit jacket on. But then when he, upon like closer inspection, you realize he has like legit leather, black leather oh. pants on. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where you had to like a, do a double take and you're like, oh my God, Mike, do you have leather pants? And like on top of it, he was super excited, but he got him at like Goodwill. They're legit. He's like, have you ever worn leather pants? Like they're super comfortable. They're really warm because it was like January, February, freezing out. Yeah. I mean, so these were functional, a great warm deal. He felt like great in them. <clears throat> um, and he did. He, I mean, he, he's one of those people who could pull it off where I'm like, you're right. You you two do do pull off the black leather dress pant very well. <laughs> I remember one Halloween years ago. Mike dressed. He was an MC at the Lakefront Brewery way back when, and uh, his costume that year he was Tony Clifton. I don't know if anybody knows who Tony Clifton is, but yes. he's the uh, what is he the alter ego? Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. Alter ego, and he played it to a T. Amazing. <laughs> to where the contestants would come on stage, and he would just use the lines, or he would take the microphone and ask them a question. And when they went to go answer, he would just punch him in the face with the with the microphone. <laughs> it, it was great. Um, everyone laughed. You know, he, he played it up so good. I think that was, you know, and I I, I really do love all these stories and everything because. There's so much that he just he he just never really told anybody yeah. about. But like we all have these stories. Yeah. He did a lot of funny things. What yeah. I mean, what all I did a lot of great and funny things. What I mean, what I mean, <clears throat> even thinking. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and I remember when we first started hanging out. He was like. There was a Wisconsin lottery commercial. I don't know if anybody yeah. remembers him yeah. working he for the Wisconsin do, he used to, Yep, He used to do sets. He's like, you know how stupid these commercials are? <laughs> yeah, nowadays, I got paid yeah. 60 bucks an hour to throw fans in front of a, or throw leaves in front of a fan. You know how much money they make? And I was like, Jesus, old man, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it went to schools. He goes, no, they pay idiots like me. <laughs> was uh, anyone else at Dewey's wedding where he had the other velour tax? Uh, track suit on? No. no. Oh, no. Were you at Dewey's wedding, Gaston? Not that I remember. What color? <laughs> yeah, it was gold. <laughs> oh, no. It was no, maroon. I wasn't there. It was maroon. It was maroon. I tried to talk to Dewey's wife, uh, Erica, and she was like, I cannot find any pictures. She was scrolling oh. through in the oh. today. They're up in Eagle River. Right. No. Yeah. And that was, was that April 26th, right? April 26th. 20th, we're all getting in. Anybody listening, you're going to be at those uh, gatherings. Bring pictures. (laughs) Yeah. It's always great to see, because, you know, we don't always have all the pictures you want to see, you know. No, I lost, uh, again, an ice fishing up in Conover. We went 
like three or four years. Um, but we were, we were out one day, <clears throat> not the day we got stuck, but another time. And we were walking in this bar and I opened the door for Mike and all of a sudden this woman just comes running up the door and she goes, there's a pig in this bar. Is that okay with you guys? <laughs> I looked at Mike and he looked at me and he goes, fuck yeah. And I go, all right. So we walked in and we had all these pictures of this pot pig running around this bar and we haven't eaten. So we ordered burger, like bacon cheeseburgers. And they're Aww. like, you can feed the pig, whatever you want. Do not feed that pig bacon. And we're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. All right. So we're rolling around on the floor with this pig having a great time. And we go to leave. We got in the car and it was just kind of like both doors closed. And he goes, did you feed that pig bacon? I go, you goddamn right. I fed that pig bacon. He goes, yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) There was so many times, man, you get him out of like, he was just a Bayview dude, you know, Mm -hmm. but you got him out of Bayview and he wasn't like, like it wasn't, it wasn't weird for him. Like he could just walk in and talk to anybody, you know? And it was, it was just such a a sight to see. And I know he's had such an impact on my life and the way that I interact with people just because he would drop anything in in, at at a heartbeat, you know? I mean, you know, when I was putting coyotes together, when I was putting coyotes together, he, he was like, dude, I'll take off work. I'll come up there. I was like, I can't, I'll give you 10 bucks an hour, but I can't really afford a whole lot right now. He's like, (laughs) Just buy me dinner a few nights. I go, all right, cool. So we went up there. We had a blast, man. And he'll, I wish he was around to tell the story of the drunkest night that we ever got while working on coyotes was I had a meeting at nine o'clock in the morning and we were out until about two 30 and we tried to drive across this field and we just left my truck and in the middle of this field and then walked the 400 feet to the condo. That's where we parked our truck or my truck. And then, um, so I come running down the stairs wearing one shoe. I have half a coat on and I just go, I got a meeting. And he goes, good luck. And I just ran out of the house. So I go to the meeting. Right. And then he comes in like a fucking superhero. He comes in with like a McDonald's breakfast and some coffees for us. And he finds me fast asleep on a dog bed. <laughs> and he goes, Kyle? And I go, huh? What? And he goes, you all right? I go, no. And he goes, oh, okay. I think you got another meeting. I go, shit. And so he stares at me watching, like talking to this guy. And then the guy just leaves and he goes, were you about to puke on him? I go, I was about to puke on him. And I just walked into the bathroom, puked my guts out, came out and he goes, do you want to just call this a day? I go, yeah, let's call it a day. So we just went back to the condo, slept all day, both of us. <laughs> he just, he would drop everything at, at a moment's notice, man. He was just one of the best human beings I've ever met in my life. Um, but yeah, sorry. I feel like I'm. No, he was, he was really creative on some of the stuff mm-hmm. he did. Uh, I remember when he, when he helped so much on the, uh, the Palm Tavern, you know, yeah. a lot of that stuff in there was Mike's, Yeah, you know, was Mike's doing. He did a lot of cool stuff. It was so amazing how he could just kind of like yeah. see And even, shit, uh, I think, know? at the new place on Lincoln, yep. he had a big hand in that far top. Yeah, I mean, Tim, you worked with him a ton. Like, you could see gears turning whenever he'd look at something. Yeah, and he was great because when, when you had, like, a terrible idea, he was super patient. He'd be like... Oh yeah. Well, well, what if what if we did this instead? <laughs> it was so nice like, about it. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I get it. Yep. No, yeah, he's I mean, he was he was great to work with. That's why I refer to him as like a mentor in, yeah. in terms of that stuff. And because he was just, you know, he kind of knew it all. He knew a little bit about everything. Mm-hmm. And he knew, he knew a lot about certain things. And he was super patient and uh, always willing to help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like when we were shut down for 2020 for yeah. pandemic, like Mike was at the Newport every day with me building tables, remodeling, fixing shit. Drinking. Yeah, drinking, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he worked for, uh, he worked for beer. Yeah. So it was. Solid wage. Yeah. Yeah. And we, sure. you know what? It was a great way to get through those months where we were, we were shut down. It was like, we were still busy every day. We we're still kind of seeing your friends. So it was pretty incredible. Mike's an incredible dude, you know. One thing I'll say is, uh. Mike and I were the first two people allowed to spend the night in Humboldt Park in 50 years. <clears throat> so what? Uncle Billy was doing the Pumpkin Pavilion oh. and secured us the right to go there. So Mike and I are excited. We kind of set up a tent. <laughs> we're like, this is going to be amazing. We bring our dogs. And then all hell breaks loose with thunderstorms everywhere. The dogs are miserable. I had to call my wife to pick them up. Our tent's not set up. Uh, the fire went out. We're just sitting there. Wait, you were having a fire in Humboldt Park? Oh, yeah. We had a little fire going in Humboldt Park. <laughs> nice. And then the mushrooms kicked in. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, when did that kick in? But somehow we were able to, he, he had a ladder in the back of the van. Obviously. He set up, you know, a tarp. It, it turned out to be okay, but I'll uh, <laughs> just never the forget. The whole reason they got to stay was for the dogs. Yeah, the do- it was for the dogs to protect the pumpkins, <laughs> and the dogs are like, we're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> but at this point, uh, as we've been wrapping up these sessions, uh, I'd like everyone to go through and what Sherwood, something Sherwood did or a meaning that he left you with. So, I'm going to go with Tim first. What, what what do you want the world to know? About Mike Sherwood? Um, you know, Mike for me, as I, you know, repeat myself again, was was a mentor to a lot of degrees. He was a super patient friend. Um, but more than anything, um, you know, Mike genuinely, genuinely cared about, about others you know, me as his friend, um, way more than he ever cared about himself. You know, he, he was truly selfless. And in fact, um, the night before, uh, sorry, the night, the night before Mike passed, um, I feel super fortunate because I, w- I was able to spend like three hours with him. Um, bar was actually closed again because of COVID and, uh, and Mike and I got to sit for three hours. I was like doing stupid filing, you know, but I said, Hey, you know, I got to do some filing. I got to file these invoices. I'm going to be there. The bar's empty. Nobody's there. This is like 1030 at night. He's like, pick me up, picked him up. Um, and you know, I'll never forget that time, but, but the conversation we had within those three hours was, was him checking in with me, making sure I was good. And, and, uh, 
he he I he told me like, dude, I'm happy for you. He was he was happy for me, um, and I'll never forget that. Like, sorry, but yeah, I mean that that Mike that was Mike. He 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 always was concerned for others and and uh, and I'll yeah, great friend. I'll never forget him. Amen to that. Lenore, what what did he leave with you with? Um, I'm going to piggyback a little bit on what Tim said, just that um, Mike was the kind of guy, like, if he liked you, you just, like, knew that. Um, and it didn't matter, like, if you didn't see him for 10 years or 10 minutes. Um, he just, he, you just always knew that he cared about, like, how you were doing, whether he, like, was fucking with you and, like, messing with you a little bit or was genuinely, like, hey, how are you? What's going on? Gives you a, Gave you a big hug. So I think he left me with, like, you know, just... Always making sure that you're, you don't have to go over the top to let your friends know how much they mean to you. And he made sure that even like an acquaintance and a, and a really like a best friend, like always knew how important they were. And I think that's like an important legacy and just him being the presence that he was in Bayview and for everybody, the, the legacy and the impact that he left. Um, I think, you know, if, if we can all strive to like leave that, just even like an eighth of that, right. Like just to like have that kind of impact on people. And to like have people remember you so fondly and want to come together and do something like this just like is really amazing. So that's that's what I'll always think of when I think of him. And also like not to smell cake, but that seems too cliche <laughs> no. given my story. So how about you, Mr. Costello? You know, Mike was my oldest and best friend. Um, got so many good memories. Uh, how he made everyone laugh. How he how he made me laugh, how, how we were always able to talk, uh, no matter what was going on. You know, we we didn't always have a lot of time together sometimes, but we made our time count. Um, we both really genuinely cared for each other and loved each other. And uh, some of the stuff that we went through and the good times we had, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always cherish those times. Um, there'll, ne there'll never be another friend like that. Um, for me. So I love you, Mike. And I miss you. Any lasting impressions, Kyle? Anything that you oh, think man. that? Yeah, so many. There, you know, we we had spent a lot of time, uh, you know, in the Northwoods outside of outside of Bayview, and uh, um, you know, it was just, it was crazy to go up to Conover 300 miles away and um, we'd go into bars and we'd go into these restaurants and we'd walk in and it was like he was walking into the Newport, you know, every single person in there just uh, knew who he was, knew his family, knew, you know, had a story about how he helped him out somehow or did something. And, and that, you know, I think as a, as a, a society, you know, to strive to just be that person that, um, will drop anything at the, that they're doing just to help out another human being was, uh, the quintessential, you know, Mike Sherwood. Um, you know, I remember when I first opened, he came up and he, you know, he's talking to all the locals and, you know, he was just a completely selfless person and all he wanted to do was get to know who you were and, and talk to you. And it was, uh, you know, something that, you know, like you said, like an eighth of if, if we were all an eighth of what he was, this would be a perfect world. Um, 
he just uh, he just always knew the right thing to say, the right joke. You know, we worked together at the White House. We shot a lot of bags at the White House. <laughs> I think a lot of those times we don't remember, but you know what? We still had a blast doing it, and it was uh, it was it, he just the way that he looked at another human being is something that I wish I could just figure out how that works, you know? Yeah. That's really beautiful. And? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I heard a common theme here and it's probably no different than mine that, you know, people sought Mike out. You wanted to spend time with him. Mm. I mean, for the laugh, for the, the good talk to the fat, um, whatever it may be. Um, and I, I was no different. I mean, I happened into Club Garibaldi 12 years ago. I didn't know anything about Bayview. And I mean, I, I built a community really quickly. I mean, that was why I moved here. I, I got to meet, meet friends, introduce you to friends, and it really f- reflects um, on who they are. Um, and I, I mean, I was thankful. I had a lot, a lot of laughs. I got to spend a Mike let me come in on Sunday mornings before he opened the bar uh, for Packers games, even for 15 minutes to get my center seat. Um, why he hid the Bloody Mary stuff, because God knows he wasn't making one. Um, but he let me take that center seat and he just chewed the fat with me. I mean, it's just someone to take that time. I mean, I could have waited outside like everybody else did, but he, you know, it, that was kind of our time. So I was just, you think for the small things and the, you know, the quality time you get with people. Mm-hmm. I think he was very, very community driven. He was proud of being Bayview. 100%. The day after he died, I made a comment to his uncle that Bayview is fucking weeping. Yeah. Everybody in Bayview. He was a part of almost everyone's life here. He was an amazing human being. Driving driving through Bayview with him was, it it was like, you know, you hear the... uh, you know, tours where somebody's driving around and they go, well, that house, and then yeah, he, you know, he, he, he'd stare and go, yeah. well, that was my great grandma's house right there. And then this one was owned by some millionaire from somewhere. And then you just like, like, it was so fun driving around with him. Cause he just always just had a story about wherever you were at. And uh, you know, it, as a Bayview implant, as a Wisconsin implant to, to see that history and like have somebody that was, you know, doing all this, it, it was so cool. And he just, you know, it, it, it's, um, the world's not the same without him. Like, you know, and, and, you know, I talked to Dave about this uh, a few weeks ago, but it's, you know, it just comes in waves. You don't, you know, you kind of get over it. And then all of a sudden you hear a, you know, uh, bloody scab song and then you're just like, oh. <laughs> you know, but it's just, it, it is, it's one of those things where it just doesn't, it doesn't, you don't get over it. And then all of a sudden it just hits you. And he just, he was such a, just an amazing human being that if we can all just strive to be that, it'd be great. He was an anomaly. He actually gave a shit. And as everyone here has said, I think it would be better if there were more people like him. So as we're wrapping up the session, I think we should do a shot to uh, an amazing man, amazing beautiful man. inside and out. Sure. This one's to you, Sherwood. Thank you. I can't thank everyone enough for coming out. Uh, we might do another little bit here. I'm not sure. But this has helped me. This is the first time I haven't broken down completely. I can't thank everyone here is amazing. So thank you for doing this. Thank you to Aldo. 
Yeah, man. He fucking yeah, thank he, you. that he came out here early. He made sure that we could all sit around and tell our tales of our friend. Thank you guys for doing this. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Although thank you. You're man. the shit. So uh I guess we'll wrap up this uh session. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers guys. Thank Cheers. you, Lynn. Zach Breath. Yeah, he I have heard he's a penis. <laughs>
This has been a Black Crayon production. Although Allison joined.